Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest Toothpaste, Secret Deodorant, Old Spice Deodorant, or Gillette Razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. Welcome into a numbers game here on VSIN. Happy to be with you on what is the dullest day of the sports calendar. Is it fair to say that? I think so. I'm Jeff Parles, Brian Ortega. Look at this. We got Ortega in the chair today. Good morning, Brian. Nice to, nice Good to morning, see you. Good morning, Jeff. Good nice to, see, to you. see you this morning. Kevin Trask back as well on audio. Uh, Jeff Jens, Matt Hicks downstairs, uh, making sure we are on the air. So uh, good to have our crew. Good to have you this morning. L- like guest list today, Josh Towers will be with us half hour from now. We'll get Josh's perspective on the start and stop of the All-Star break from being a former player, getting back into it post-All-Star break for Josh Towers. And then Robbie Calland will be with us at, at 11 Eastern time. NFC South Day on the program. So Robbie was spent a lot of his uh, a lot of his life in the uh, in the Atlanta area, be able to tell us uh, about the NFC South, and also too some thoughts on college football as well with Robbie Callen because we haven't done a lot of college football this week. It's really been NFL week, and it'll be NFL week yet again next week on the program. So looking forward to that. But we'll, we'll start off here though. Last night the MLB All Star Game. Kind of a dud, all things considered. The only thing that was really fun was being able to hear the players that were mic'd up. Julio Rodriguez in the eighth inning with Liam Hendricks was pretty awesome. Other than that, it was a it was an all-star game. It's an exhibition. American League takes it yet again, three to two. The American League has won nine in a row. It really is amazing just the sheer dominance the AL has had over the National League over these years. Your all-star game MVP. Really, it was only two possibilities here. Even though Emmanuel Clase made it a little bit interesting in the ninth inning with his dominant closeout. But the voters get it right in the end to me. Giancarlo Stanton, who I'm pretty sure his homer and Byron Buxton's homer off of Tony Gonsolin. Brian, I'm pretty sure they're both traveling still. Oh, pretty, yeah. pr- pretty sure on that. Gone. Just still going. Still traveling out towards the freeway there in L.A. But in the end, the voters get it right. Giancarlo did deserve it. Hometown kid from the L.A. area, of course, a New York Yankee now. No problem with that, with Giancarlo winning it. Tony Gonsolin, by the way, becomes the first pitcher ever to be undefeated at the All-Star break and be the All-Star game loser. How about that? 
Doesn't matter if he started the game or not. First time that's ever happened for Tony Gonsolin, for a starting pitcher. I should say, not a reliever, but a starting pitcher. That is the first time that has ever happened. And now we are totally off today. And then thankfully, because of the, the one of the one of the few good things out of the lockout here is because of said lockout, tomorrow we don't have a full schedule by any means, but we at least have a schedule tomorrow. <laughs> Six games tomorrow on the slate. Yankees and Astros, your headliner, a double dip in Houston. The Tigers and the A's play two in Oakland. And in standalone games in Miami for the Rangers and the Marlins. And then the big rivalry out west, the Giants and the Dodgers. That game doesn't even start until 10 o'clock Eastern time. Good, good, good job, everybody. Good, good, good scheduling. Can't have that game start an hour earlier than it usually would for the national TV audience. Regardless, that's what we have tomorrow. We'll have John Legazer to preview that whole slate tomorrow morning here on the program. But it is NFL week. Brian Ortega's first experience, and I know he's going to have a hot take later in the show, which I'm very excited for. Very excited for that, Brian. Thought about it all night. Very. I am. I am amped for that. We'll get that. I should get that next segment. We'll get your hot take next segment. Let's start here in the NFC South with the defending division champions, the Super Bowl champions of the 2020 season, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Very interesting offseason, obviously. Tom Brady, he's retired. Then he's not. Tom Brady back yet again. No shock whatsoever in the end, based off of the ended up what happening. We 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 made our money. Will Tom Brady retire at any point in the offseason? Didn't matter if he takes a snap or not, week one. Goodbye, me. We got our money on that bit, as we know. Tom Brady entering his 45-year-old season and has showing no signs of slowing down. Tampa's, of course, a $3 favorite to win the NFC South at BetMGM. New Orleans at plus 375. Carolina has moved from about 14 to 1 to 10 to 1 after the Baker Mayfield trade. Sure, be my guest. And then Atlanta, who we're going to have a whole lot of fun talking about the Falcons later in the program, sitting at 25 to 1 to win the NFC South. So those are your odds at Ben MGM. But looking at Tampa Bay, Tom Brady last year, still awesome. Led the league in touchdown passes with 43. Only threw six picks. 67.5 percentage on completions, which was his highest since 2016. And was actually the second most efficient season he's had in his career. The only one that was better was the 2007 season, which is still the greatest team of all time, even though they did not win at all. Tampa last year, of course, won the division at 13-4, and four, winning, the, winning the division, winning a playoff game against Philadelphia, nearly coming, off, coming back with what have been an epic comeback against the Rams. Would have been an epic comeback in that one. Saints finished second, Falcons. Pretty amazing the Falcons went 7-10 and 10 last year. Felt like they were absolutely awful, but they had relatively good luck, which is part of the reason that it may get very ugly for them a year ago at 7-10 and 10 last year. And then Carolina... At five and ten or five and twelve last year, Brian. Yeah, a lot, lot of close games for the Falcons. I think they had two games where they, I think they had a game where they actually had two onside kicks recovered, and I, I forget who it was against. I have to check for you, but you, I know that was close. Yeah, again, they, they, they were a bad ten, seven and ten. 
Again, we'll get to Atlanta later. But looking at Tampa as a whole, let's look at Tampa's basic betting profile here. As the Bucs, as we already said, are already $3 favorites to win the NFC South. They are going to be the overwhelming favorite. And not, not much of a shock there for Tampa Bay. But you look at the way that the Bucs are here. They're big favorites to make the playoffs. If you want to take them to miss the playoffs, boy, you could have some fun there for Tampa Bay. The stage of elimination graphic, which is, we haven't really gravitated towards this these first few days, but on a team that, let's face it, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to make the playoffs. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers more than likely are going to be the division winners in the, in the NFC South. Again, minus 300 to win that division. Maybe you take a look at Tampa winning a playoff game and ta- then taking them plus 275 to lose at a divisional round yet again. Or maybe even to get to the NFC title game and, lo- and lose at plus 375. I would be gravitating towards the lose in the NFC title game and the lose in the Super Bowl, which would make them the NFC champions in those markets. Eight to one. That's actually, you know, it's pretty interesting because they're plus 325 to win the NFC championship altogether. Eight to one to lose the Super Bowl. That's, again, I haven't gravitated towards this at all, but that is absolutely an interesting one on that one. Tom Brady, though. I want to look at Tom Brady real quick. Because it's just going to be fascinating to see where Brady stacks up in a lot of these markets that are out there. Most passing yards market. The only guy who is shorter than Tom Brady in those markets? Justin Herbert. Brady 8-1 to one in most spots. Most passing touchdowns. Tom Brady, third, plus 650. Only Justin Herbert and Josh Allen ahead of him. This year. So Brady. Again. Expected to have another huge year. Passing touchdowns. Again he threw 43 last year. 35 and a half. On the passing touchdowns for Brady this year. Again it is hard to go over on a huge number like that. Of course remember. Bruce Arians. Stepping away. Todd Bowles. Second crack is being a head coach. Much uh, much more expected of Todd Bowles. There, you're passing touchdown numbers overall. Brady at 35 and a half. Only Justin Herbert has a higher number than him. It will be it will be fascinating to see early in this season for Tampa because the Bucks open the year, of course, at Dallas. Open their season at Dallas. Then they go on the road to New Orleans, where other than the playoff game, where Jared Cook fumbled and changed the course of NFL history. New Orleans has owned Tampa for whatever reason in this Brady era. They're 4-0 against them in the regular season. So I'm in the camp of those first two games on the road. They'll be favored, sure, in both of them. But those will not be easy games. And then you flip around and see, oh, the first two home games are Green Bay and Kansas City. So there is a path here where Tampa Bay gets off to a slower start. And as you see, their win total is 11 and a half. That is a big ask. Even though the rest of the schedule after that, starting in week five, hello, home game against the Falcons, will be a double-digit favorite. 
Pittsburgh, they'll be a favorite on the road. Carolina, they'll be a pretty big favorite on the road. I don't see another spot that Tampa's potentially an underdog in until maybe week 14 if the Niners are better than I think they'll be. There is a realistic chance that Tampa's actually favored at every game this year. But 11 and a half is a ginormous number, especially when you look at the beginning of the year and see four games out of the shoot. Difficult road games the first two weeks. Home games where I expect them to be small favorites, but difficult opponents in Green Bay, in Kansas City. We're going to look at some more Tampa Bay related props when we come back. And also, the New Orleans Saints, a new era down there. No more Sean Payton. How will the Saints fare in 2022? That's next, the numbers game here on Visa. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game winner I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my dance, bro. <laughs> A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on a numbers game, and of course, brought to you by BetMGM. You can go download the BetMGM app today. It is Nevada's premier sports book. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted out specials, and plenty more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID and open an account and start placing wagers from anywhere here in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology, fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older, physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. It's the closest I've ever come to pulling a Gil Alexander on a read. Very close there. 
Happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil this weekend next week. Brian Ortega's in my chair today. Just continuing on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here real quick because we're dealing with a team that is one of the favorites to win it all. In the Super Bowl markets, the only team that is consistently ahead of them at all books is Buffalo. And that makes sense to me. Even though, again, you are dealing with a new head coach. Granted, it's someone who's been there the whole run since Brady's been there. Someone who has head coaching experience, even though Todd Bowles was, there are some that blame the Jets organization for Todd Bowles not succeeding in New York. I think there's plenty of blame to go around on that one. I think everyone was at fault for the the continuous calamity in New York. Even though the Jets, his first year in this current playoff format would have been in the playoffs as the seventh seed and still probably should have made it as the sixth. But the one guy I'm looking to target here, Brian, and I'm curious what you think. I'm looking at Mike Evans related props here. Mike Evans is 25 to one to lead the NFL in receiving yards. Mike Evans in passing touchdown, passing receptions is all the way down to seven to one. Now receiving yards. He's at a thousand and a half. Especially with the uncertainty of Godwin coming off the big knee injury. I feel like this is a big year for Mike Evans. Where Mike Evans kind of reminds us because you, now when you think of, of elite wide receivers, Mike Evans has gone down the list in your brain. At least he has in mind. But I would not be shocked. As you see, Mike Evans 10 and a half is on, on his regular receiving t- touchdown total. The only guys higher, Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup. It's kind of surprising that Jefferson isn't higher, but that's a that's a different argument for a different day. But I I see a big season for Mike Evans. Not quite Cooper Cup season because Cooper Cup is in a different level than everyone at this point. But Mike Evans being as good as Devontae Adams, because Devontae Adams is in a new spot, would not surprise me one bit. Do you think when you handicap these um, player props, you kind of have to do it sort of how you, when you pick a player in fantasy football, like for like Mike Evans, it's what you're thinking is, is there's no Gronk. That's the only person they can throw to. So is that the way you have to sort of handicap these things? So, so here's the deal with that. It's a, it's a good question because what are props in the end? They're gambling on fantasy football, essentially. And I think Mike Evans is going to have a, a huge year. Now, thankfully, the people in my big fantasy football league back uh, for the people I grew up with in New Jersey, thankfully no one is tuning in, hopefully, to this. Maybe one is tuning in right now. But the way that that wide receiver core looks, again, we don't know what we're getting out of Chris Godwin. They brought in Russell Gage from Atlanta. Uh, Tyler Johnson's still there. Brashad Perriman is still there. Somehow, Scotty Miller is still there. But... I, I think you're right on the Gronk thing. A little more comfort with Evans. The only thing I will caution you on that is Cameron Braid has showed glimpses of being a pretty darn good pass-catching tight end at times in this league. So it wouldn't shock me if Braid actually has a big year as well. The only problem is there's a lot less props on Cameron Braid. So there you go on Tampa. All right, let's go to New Orleans. By the way, Tampa's going to win this division. I'm going to say that right now. Win total 11.5. Can't quite get there, but I would only... 
that's one of those where if they start out hot, you're you're getting there on over 11 and a half. All right, New Orleans time. Dennis Allen's your new head coach. As Sean Payton steps away, we knew there was a lot of rumors floating that he could have been the head coach of Miami and then the Brian Flores lawsuit occurred in the process scaring Miami off, hiring Mike McDaniel instead. Dennis Allen in three years is a head coach in Oakland. Brian, it did not go well. <laughs> it did not go well. Dennis Allen fired after four games in his third season. He was eight and 28. Eight and 28 for Dennis Allen. Now, that was at the peak of the Raiders being just an abject mess in the middle of their long playoff drought where they couldn't get anything right. But this is this feels different, this go-around for Dennis Allen, at least on the surface. Basically, all of New Orleans' coaching staff is back from what it was last year with Sean Payton. Jameis Winston returns after having, quite honestly, a pretty solid start before tearing his ACL in that Tampa game. Look, look, look th- th- if Jameis stayed health- healthy last year, New Orleans is in the playoffs instead of Philly. I don't think there's much of an argument on that. Where New Orleans almost made the playoffs anyway, despite having to go with a combination of Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill, and then, of course, the disasters Ian Book came on Monday night thanks to COVID, knocking both Simeon and Hill out of that game. But you look at New Orleans here. You are more than likely getting Michael Thomas back. (laughs) Who knows at this point with the way that that injury just popped up out of left field and then all of a sudden he's missing the whole season. You draft Chris Olave with a premium pick at number 11. You give up a bunch of assets to move up with Washington. You sign Jarvis Landry. There is a question mark of what Alvin Kamara's status is because of the incident here in Vegas. They, on paper, offensively speaking, should be better than they were a year ago. Defensively, they bring in Marcus May from the Jets. Make sure Demario Davis is back. Their defense, I think, will be fine. Bring in the Honey Badger as well. The big concern that I have is Sean Payton leaving midstream here. Now, again, Pete Carmichael is still there. He was there for a long time with Sean Payton. How are they going to handle the offensive play calling without Payton there? Are we going to see Sean Payton's offense still basically be run and called correctly with the staff they have? If they go with, if they have any sort of continuity in the play calling, New Orleans is going to have a real shot to not only make the playoffs, but an opportunity to push Tampa Bay. My big concern is that losing Sean Payton ends up being the biggest loss arguably that any team had this offseason, period. Because a guy like that, who, and again, we saw in the year that Peyton got suspended because of the bounty gate, New Orleans royally underachieved without him there. That is my concern with the Saints team. And as you look at their schedule this year, again, I think we're going to learn a lot early with New Orleans. 
we're going to er- learn a lot early in the season. They play Atlanta week one on the road. This game is going to close probably about a six. We've already seen New Orleans take money. Then after that, the first, the next five weeks, Tampa at home, Carolina on the road, Minnesota and London, two home games against Seattle and Cincinnati. Now, remember, they have London in week four and don't have their bye till week 14. That is a new trend here in the league where teams are willing to go to London, come back, and not take the bye immediately. So I am fascinated to see what happens here after the London game where they have a game on paper that they will be a favorite in at home and probably if if Seattle is as bad as I think they can be, it could be close to a touchdown if New Orleans gets out to a reasonable start. Eight and a half is the win total. That feels about right. If you think New Orleans is going to make the playoffs, you bet that over. You bet a nice plus price on New Orleans to make the playoffs. Brian, you had a hot take, though, on the Saints. I do. Go ahead. So, I wouldn't take this to the bank or anything, Uh but if you want to just sprinkle a little, like, pizza money, as they call it, Saints to finish last in the division over the Falcons. You know the Falcons are playing in this division. Yes, it's really between those two. And... Yeah, the quarterback situation for the Falcons does not look great, but I just think Jameis Winston is not that good. By the way, the Saints to make the playoffs right now, plus 130 in that pocket. If you want to go the opposite of what Brian Ortega said there, uh, Saints minus 155 to miss the postseason here in 2022. We'll have a little more Saints talk later in the show, but coming up next, Josh Towers. How does he handle the all-star break as a former player? That's next, the numbers game on Visa. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN summer special is here for just $19. You get everything VSIN has to offer from now through the end of the month. Sign up today, you'll get VSIN's daily, be- daily best bets, including Adam Burke on MLB, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, and NASCAR. If you want the full VSIN experience, which features a daily best bet email, Every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is just $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up today, vcin.com slash summer. If you haven't done it already, do it today. That's all I'll say. Do it today. Take advantage of this offer right now. By the way, we'll have more Saints talk later in the show. Brian Ortega already regretting what he said last segment. It was quick, quick regret for you saying the Saints would finish last in the South. Yeah, once I saw the pictures of the quarterback, <laughs> I knew the names, but when you see the picture, just like, nah, I, I, I don't like it. See, that's that's always a good one where we have legitimately not even five minutes later, we have a instant regret here on the program here today. But now, now with us, though, our guy Josh Towers, of course, former Major League pitcher. You hear him here on the network as well. Josh, uh, you, me, and Ben Wilson had a pretty fun time on Monday night during the home run derby, and you and I were texting afterwards. You were stunned at the way that that was priced by uh, by the final round, where you could have got Juan Soto as high as plus 280 to beat Julio Rodriguez in that final round, and naturally Juan Soto did beat Julio Rodriguez for the home run derby. 
I was more impressed with the way Julio Rodriguez performed. Uh-huh. I, I, I thought that he would have more jitters, more nerves, the excitement of the whole weekend. I mean, everything. Uh, I, he was so impressive. But, um, yeah, and that's my whole thing about that format, too. I think it's really cool how, how we do everything. But, man, when you hit 81 homers and lose and or Corey Seager hits the second most and doesn't go on after the first round, um, I don't know, the whole thing's pretty cool. Josh, uh Going into the second half here, of course, when you played, you yeah. get a few days off. How does your how do you get refocused after stepping away from the game for a few days after the first half ends and going in to the game starting uh, at least for tomorrow for some teams and then Friday for everybody else? You want the uh, <laughs> you want the simple answer? I mean, I, as long as you can keep it clean for the audience, go ahead. <laughs> I went home for three days, and I realized I could either be home or be a major league baseball player. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited to go back. I, I mean, that's simple enough. <laughs> that's simple enough. So <laughs> I mean, look, look, Josh. But but just just looking and then look, looking at the, at the second half here and tomorrow. Actually, we we normally yeah. usually only have one or two games on this Thursday, but because of the way the lockout presented itself, Josh, we get right out of the gate tomorrow, and the Yankees are playing the Astros in a doubleheader in Houston. Is there a difference in the mindset when you come out of the shoot? And let's say, like, if you're a team like uh, a, a team that's playing, like, Washington out of the shoot versus the Yankees and the Astros, like, oh, boy, we're getting we're getting our best competition right out of the way here. Yeah, I don't – no, I don't – honestly, I don't think players look at it like that. I just uh, – all right, where do we have to be and how are we getting there? Um, everybody – I shouldn't say everybody because we do have some lazy players around the league that really don't do much sometimes. But then we have a lot of players who don't break routine no matter where they go. I mean, somebody could have went to Cabo for three days. I guarantee they're playing catcher, working out on the same routine that they would normally be on. So, you know, you become very – routine-oriented as baseball players. And so all these guys, whether they're at the All-Star festivities or at home, for the most part, are putting themselves on routine. You know, we may not know who's pitching yet, but they already know who's pitching. And so they're prepared for that as well. So I, I just, it's just, again, it's just, it's on the schedule. And this is where we have to go. That's, that's really all it is. Josh Towers with us right now. Uh, Josh, uh, just looking at the second half here, of course, the Yankees have the best record in baseball at a, at a, a, a ho-hum 64-28 and 28 at the All-Star break, Josh. Uh, but the Astros are, are getting tighter on them, only uh, four and a half games behind in the American League. And, and, Josh, we've had this conversation on the air before, and we know the baseball playoffs are random. But this collision course towards an Astros-Yankees ALCS should provide for a fun second half. And also, too, once we get to the playoffs as well, should provide some potential betting opportunities, at least to me, on the Houston Astros. Uh, yeah, listen, I, I, you guys know how I feel. I still think Houston's the best team in baseball. Um, the Yankees had this unbelievable start, and they're still playing well. But it, I, I just think top to bottom, and, and obviously Jordan Alvarez has to get healthy, but I just think top to bottom, Houston's just – they're just slightly better, but more importantly, I just feel like they're slightly more experienced when it comes to the postseason. You, you want to obviously I want home field advantage in the postseason. I mean, if I can earn that somehow, that'd be great. I would rather have a seven-game set where Houston's the backdrop and not New York for sure, because the fans are going to come into play. 
Um, but we got a, ba- a lot of baseball left, and there are only five games in the win column behind the Yankees, which I think is also impressive with that start that the Yankees had. So there's a lot of things that these teams have to figure out. Uh, I, I can't stress and emphasize enough the experience that all these pitchers have for the Houston Astros in the postseason because with the Yankees, we got Tyone, who's a veteran dude, but we have Tyone, we have Nestor Cortez, we saw him yesterday. Uh, we have Jordan Montgomery, not as experienced. Uh, so we're like, we're, we're lacking. You know, we have Severino, who we know how good he is, but we need more consistency. We obviously have Garrett Cole, and he's been down that road. Like, I just feel like comfortability-wise, as it gets later and into the postseason, I just feel like Astros can relax a little more. Josh, just looking at the American League Central real quick here, the Minnesota Twins still holding on to the division lead, two games clear of the Guardians, three games clear of the Chicago White Sox right now in the division markets. The Twins are still a slight favorite over the White Sox, plus 110 on Minnesota, plus one and a quarter on the White Sox, and then the Guardians sitting at plus 450. What do you think here? Do you think Minnesota holds, or do you think the White Sox, who are aided by the easiest remaining schedule in baseball, finally get it right and end up winning this division? I bet if you asked any player on the White Sox if they have the easiest remaining schedule, they wouldn't know the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's been an uh-oh over the last week. Like Cleveland, um, they just get no love for whatever reason. But Minnesota's had an opportunity, and they haven't. They, I mean, they're three and seven in the last ten, right? And the White Sox are all of a sudden, uh-oh, we're only three games back. Like we haven't even been playing great in the last ten. They have, but they haven't been playing great, great. And they picked up two and a half games in the last week on on Minnesota. I think. Uh, they're a three-game sweep away from being in first place, and I think that makes the rest of the division nervous. So I'm still on the White Sox here. The White Sox, Josh, even with injuries, some interesting managerial decisions in tight spots, sitting at 500, three games out. Like you said, like nothing has seemingly gone right, and here we are. It feels like to me, I'm with you here at this point, it feels like Minnesota missed the opportunity in that past four-game yeah. series in Minneapolis, they really could have put the hammer down. They did not. They did not. Yeah, I, I I would be nervous. And, again, the White Sox, it's kind of like last year with Atlanta. No one left and ran away with that division and gave Atlanta a chance to, to do what they did in the second half. And, and it's the same thing here. Like, how can, how can you be this dysfunctional as a White Sox team and you look up at the All-Star break and you're only three back? Like, it's crazy to me. Josh, uh, the top five teams in baseball by the odds to win the World Series are the Dodgers, Yankees, Astros, Mets, and Braves. Every, all of them are shorter than 10 to 1. Everyone else is 15 yeah. to 1 or longer, starting with the Blue Jays at 15 to 1. If you were to pick a team outside of the top five, so no Dodgers, Yankees, Strohs, Mets, and Braves, who would be the team that you would be looking at potentially to crash the party here? Wow. I, honestly, like, how do you not look at Toronto if they were to make it? I mean, this team, like, I get how people are playing and they're not throwing well. Berrios is the most inconsistent. But, like, you're going to run out Gosman, Berrios, Manoa. Like, how, how do they not have a legit opportunity if they get in the postseason to just steamroll teams? Well, again, their lineup is – conducive of getting hot at the right time and scoring a ton of runs. And, right. and you're right. Again, if any sort of consistency from Berrios, we saw Manoa dominant inning last night 
in the All-Star mm-hmm. game because he, he had a great first half. And then Gausman, they do have a chance here. I, I am with you on that. Uh, the Blue Jays, actually, the best number you can get, shop around as always. The best number I'm seeing on Toronto to win it all right now, Josh, is 22-1 to 1 and 11-1 to 1 to win the American League. Those are some pretty good yeah. prices right what, there. What in the American League is going to be, at least, sorry, what in the AL East is almost impossible for everybody yeah, to know that. But, like, yeah, no, I mean, again, it's 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 this opportunity. You want to create that opportunity. You want to be get, be able to get in the postseason, Major League Baseball, added teams this year to make the, the postseason. So it's a beautiful thing for a lot of organizations. And, again, that's the whole thing is just getting in. And, and that team is built for this stuff. Again, they might have their struggles now, but veteran guys know a little bit more about how to clean it up. So dangerous things. He's Josh Towers. Get him on the tweet at No Don't Josh, of course. Former Major League pitcher. You see him on the network as well. Uh, we saw him on Primetime Action with us earlier this week. Josh, always a pleasure, buddy. Thanks for hopping on. Appreciate you, bro. Better. Of course. Uh, good to talk to Josh Towers, as always. I have one final thought on the New Orleans Saints, and then we're going to look at the Carolina Panthers in our NFC South preview next. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my day. That's my day. Action never stops at BetMGM. Sign up now using the bonus code VSIN1000. And your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. BetMGM, state-of-the-art app, offers a variety of parlay selection features, live betting option, player props, daily boosted odds specials, and plenty more. No matter your favorite sport, you're going to find out why nothing beats 
a win at the king of sportsbooks. Simply download BetMGM today or go to BetMGM.com and enter the bonus code VSIN1000. That's V-S-I-N-1-0-0-0. To make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older to place a wager. New customer offer only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. And those free bets expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call when and under gambler. This offer is not available in Nevada or New York. Happy to be with you this morning. I'm Jeff Parles. Brian Ortega back there. The very regretful Brian Ortega. Immediately. I, I, that was one of the quickest regretful betting potential statements that we've had on the show in a while. It's you know, been it's, a while. It, it, it's early. It's early. Like I, w- <laughs> I went to sleep feeling good about it. Woke up. Got some coffee and said, let's do this today. And then the coffee wore off and, and sense came through. So <laughs> That take, of course, Brian Ortega saying earlier in the show that the New Orleans Saints will finish last in the NFC South, which, again, it could happen. It could happen. The one big issue, and we'll get to that later in the show, is the Atlanta Falcons look to be as bad as anyone in this league on paper. So that is the big concern there for young Brian behind the glass there. Uh, One more thing on New Orleans before we move to Carolina. What is a realistic expectation for Michael Thomas this year? That is a big question that I have going into the season because we didn't see him at all last year. The weird timing of the ankle surgery and the rehab didn't get him back in time for anything in the season. Michael Thomas's receiving yards prop is 800 and a half. So Michael Thomas in his career, when he has been healthy. So the last time we saw Michael Thomas play a full season was 2019. Michael Thomas in 2019 led the league in receptions and led the league in receiving yards. 149 receptions, 1,725 receiving yards. Now, of course, it's Drew Brees instead of Jameis Winston, that's obviously a difference. But before 2020, where he missed more than half the season, he only played seven games, racked up only 438 yards on 40 catches. Michael Thomas's first four seasons in the league is as good as we've had, period, for any wide receiver. Oh, 1, 1,137 in the year, his rookie year in 16. 1,245 receiving yards in the year in 2017, 1,400 in his third season, and then, like I said, 1,725. If Michael Thomas is healthy, then you could have easily a 1,000-yard receiving season for Thomas and have Jameis Winston have his number one target. But again, New Orleans has a little more depth than they've had the last few years because having Landry there helps. I think Olave is going to be an impact guy right away. It'll be interesting to see what we have with that. Again, Michael Thomas receiving touchdown total five and a half. Olave at four and a half right now. I have no complaint with either of those numbers. It's just hard, again, for a guy who's coming off missing a whole season and being injury plagued the year before, it is very hard to bet anything Michael Thomas related over. Because all it takes is one little tweak and you might not see him for a month. 
And then all of a sudden, your bets are in big trouble. So that's where we sit on Michael Thomas. Let's go to Carolina next, though. The big move for the Panthers, of course, happened not too long ago. Baker Mayfield, the expected week one quarterback for Carolina after Sam Darnold had a good start to the season and then he turned into Sam Darnold. So the big question for me with this Carolina team, and and by the way, Carolina's win total didn't even move on the Baker deal. The juice just moved. It moved from six and a half shaded under to six and a half shaded over. On Carolina, they're still 10-1 to one to win the NFC South. The big question with Carolina, there, there, are, there are three questions I have with Carolina. Number one is if you look at their schedule for this year, if they get out to a slow start, where for me, Carolina's first, other than that great stretch where they play Atlanta twice in three weeks, in week eight and week ten, The first four games, you get Cleveland at home to open the season. We have talked about that at length. The expectation is it will be Baker Mayfield against Jacoby Brissett in that game. And it wouldn't shock me if Carolina ends up being the favorite by the time that's all said and done. It'll be a small dog on the road in New York against the Giants. It'll be either a small dog at home or maybe even a pick against New Orleans, depending on what the Saints look like early. And in Arizona, there's no Hopkins. So if Carolina is going to do anything here, you think that Carolina is going to have to get out to at least a 500 start. Now, again, Carolina's win total, six and a half. I'm actually seeing some plus money now on some six and a halves over if you want to take that. I don't know how you bet this team over. After what we saw last year with, to me, I thought Matt Rule was going to be a really good NFL head coach. There was nothing positive about the back end of what we saw last year. Nothing positive whatsoever. Because last year, we saw Carolina start 3-0. and Part of that 3-0 and start was they played the Jets in week one where Zach Wilson was running for his life the whole time. They destroyed New Orleans week two, and then they beat Houston on a Thursday night. Woo-hoo. You beat two of the worst teams in the league, and you beat New Orleans when they were not playing well. Other than that, they, they beat Atlanta, and then, of course, that random game in Arizona in week 10 where Cam, got, where Cam uh, <laughs> was seen for the first time in eons. Brian, that was Carolina's last win. Carolina ended the season on a seven-game losing streak. You bring in McAdoo, Ben McAdoo, to be your offensive coordinator. Great haircut. <laughs> great, uh, great menu on the uh, on the on the play sheet as well. I really don't have confidence. And and look, since Tepper bought the team, Carolina's you expected a guy with that much money, the richest owner in the NFL, to come in and the team to have success. That hasn't happened. They've had the third, other than the New York teams, they've been as bad as anyone. Sorry, I don't want to leave out Jacksonville in that either. So, as bad as Jacksonville and the New York teams. But if Carolina gets out to a slow start, I would not be shocked if you see Matt Rule get canned early, which would then bring up some interesting betting opportunities 
where if it's one of those scenarios where Baker is playing well and they're losing for other reasons, wouldn't you think potentially, if let's say they go one and three in the first four games and their adjusted season win total goes down to a five and a half with juice on the under, or maybe even a five, maybe you hit that over. Now, I don't love their schedule, but they do have, like I said, two out of three weeks where they play Atlanta. They play Detroit at home. They play Seattle, who's not going to be any good. You might have an opportunity to hop in in season and also get Pittsburgh at home. Who knows what the Steelers look like by week 15. That also could work poorly for Carolina, where Pittsburgh has their act all together. But this is one of the more complicated teams to me. Because if Baker is the guy that he was in 2020, where Baker Mayfield was legitimately good, 63% completion percentage, 28, excuse me, 26 touchdowns to eight picks. A legitimate good quarterback ranking rating at 96. A QBR of 65 and a half, well above league average. And an interception rate sub two, where last year it ballooned back north of three. If we get 2020 Baker Mayfield, that's when things could get interesting for Carolina where that over six and a half hits easily. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, maybe Carolina's the team that sneaks in as the seven seed. I think more than likely Carolina's either a six or seven win team, but it'll be fascinating to see what we get out of Baker Mayfield and what we get out of this coaching staff. We'll have a little more on Carolina a little, on the show, a little later on the show. I want to look at Baker's individual season props as well. But coming up next, we'll get Robbie Callen's thoughts of the NFC South, and of course, Robbie's a big college football guy as well at the podcast. We'll get some college football thoughts as well. Robbie Callen of Uprocks joins us next on a numbers game. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vix and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. 